and welcome to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio and we'll be talking about late season weed control. I'm Darren Hefty along with my brother Brian. Uh, when it comes to late season weed control, you may say, wait a minute, it's only... We got another week of June left. This isn't late. Well, it is getting kind of late because a lot of these products are labeled up to R1, which is first flower and soybeans. Or to certain dates. Like if you look at Extendamax and Ingenia, we're already past the label date in southern Minnesota of June 12th. And in a lot of areas, it's one week from today. It's June 30th. So that's why we're talking about this today. And granted, you may have just gotten some of your crop planted. So we understand, in your case, it really still is to some degree early. Well, it is early for the crop, but with the calendar and with some of these label changes that have happened, like with the Extendamax Ingenia thing, even though your crop may just be in the ground and just be emerging, you still only have a week to spray here, like in that particular case. So anyway, we'll talk about that throughout the show today, late season weed control. If you've got any questions for us, you can give us a call, 844-44-AG-PHD. That's 844-442-4743. Or you can send us an email, radio at agphd.com. Or you can find us on Twitter, Media, Darren Hefty, or Brian Hefty. So... A lot of times we'll plan out our topics for the show a little bit in advance, quite a ways in advance, and honestly, I forgot we were even doing this one today. I just found it interesting and ironic that this morning I did the exact same training with a number of agronomists that I I speak to on a regular basis, and we were talking about late season wheat, corn, and soybean weed control. So let me start you with soybeans real quick, and I'll just give you a couple of the quick points that I had made to them. So I already talked about... Extendamax and Ingenia, but there's another label change this last year. In list one was R2 full flower. Now it's R1 first flower. So it's the same as Liberty. So that means you got to spray, you have to end spraying probably a couple weeks earlier. I don't like it. I think the change is ridiculous. I'm sad that they made that change because there were a lot of people that were spraying in list one into mid and late July, and that was great. We were getting good weed control, no volatility. It was awesome. Well, now you got to end up your spraying in early July in most areas. The other thing that I wanted to point out today, Flexstar. That active ingredient, Femesifen, the labeled rotational restriction is 10 months to corn. 10 months. So in other words, even if you sprayed today, that means... April 23rd next year is the earliest you can plant corn. Well, like on our farm, honestly, I hope I'm done planting corn by April 23rd. So in our operation, I can just tell you, my Flexstar days are over this year. All right, turning to corn, the biggest thing, and we've talked about it here on the show recently, the biggest thing is please don't use dicamba really late in the season. I know there are safeners in Status and Diflex, and I know it's labeled to spray in some bigger corn, but that doesn't mean those are good products for drift. They, we just can't stop that volatility out of those dicamba products. So I would encourage you don't spray them anymore. And if you want to spray something, I mean, you've got some other choices. Bucktro can go up to three feet tall corn, tough up to eight leaf tall corn. HPPDs can go up to about eight leaf, if I remember correctly, depending on the HPPD you're going to use. So you've got some other options. I'd stay away from dicamba if it was me, if you have to spray late. And then finally in wheat, just be careful what you're doing. When the wheat starts to get some size to it, I, I mean, if you weren't able to get your herbicide on, 
there are just some cases where you have to say, you know what, I'm just going to try again next year and I'm going to have to let a few of these weeds go because I don't want to damage that wheat that's worth a whole bunch of money. But there are a lot of products that are labeled up to and including flag leaf, including wide match, uh, starring ultra, and even like before boot stage is the so all the way up to Fix 10. Uh, you're talking some of the MCP products, which we don't like, but Axial's in there, Next Step or Discover, uh, Bromac, Talanor. I, I mean, there, there are quite a few different options. Uh, and then finally, spraying at least 60 days prior to harvest. If you look on the label, it will tell you that for Parity, that's the old Puma, Everest 3.0, Husky Complete. So you got some choices, but like I say, just be careful. We don't want to be injuring that wheat. All right, we'll talk more about late season weed control and a variety of different crops, but right now let's get to the Ag PhD mailbag. It's now mailbag time with Brian and Darren. All right, Brian, I got a soil sample from a lawn here from Rich, and I love it, Rich. I love that you're pulling soil samples out there on the lawn. This is great. Okay, so guys, I listen to your show regularly, though I am not in the ag industry, and I do find your topics interesting. I've been taking soil tests in my lawn that's about a quarter of an acre, so 10,000 square feet. I've been taking this for the last few years. Here's my most recent one, and I've put on some fertilizer since I took this test. I put on 45 pounds of a 12-12-12, a gallon of a 14-3-7, and a half gallon of a micronutrient blend with 6% iron, 0.8% manganese, and 0.75% nitrogen. I really want to work on sulfur and iron, and my plan on the iron is just to keep going at the liquid, uh, maybe use some ironite. I found some elemental sulfur in 50 pound bags. Do you have a recommendation of how much of that to put down? And should I worry about that sulfur bringing down my soil pH, which is currently at about 6.3? Okay. So the first thing I, I wish, I wish he would have called in because I'd like to ask him this question. Are you bagging your grass? My guess here is the answer is yes. And the reason why I say that is all these nutrient levels are really low. Like potassium, that's the number one nutrient that's going to be out there in that grass. Think about it in corn or beans or wheat or any of these crops we talk about. Well, there's virtually zero potassium in that field. Ten parts per million, that's it. I, For me, I call that zero. His zinc levels are 0.04, copper 0.05, boron 0.08, phosphorus 6 or 7 parts per million. I mean, everything is really low. The thing with Sulfur, that's leachable just like nitrogen. So that's where you put it on on a regular basis. I like elemental sulfur because it's basically a controlled release product. It will slowly convert over to sulfate over time. I just want to get real carried away. Um, a lot of times we're going to talk about maybe, let's call it uh, 100 pounds an acre. So you can divide that out on your square footage there. And iron is a good one too that you'd mentioned. It'll make that grass look a little more green. Stay tuned. This is Stormy Fields with your weather forecast. Today calls for a high of 68 degrees with sunny skies and not a cloud in sight. Planting windows can close fast, so when you need both speed and accuracy, choose John Deere. Our exact eMERGE planters and precision ag technologies give you precise seed placement for uniform emergence and the efficiency you need to gain ground. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. 
It takes balance to be successful in farming because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutricia and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. Low rates and high yields with Spraytech fertilizers. Yes, get low rates and high yields with Spraytech's Fulltech, the most complete adjuvant on the market. Fulltech offers burn control, better fixation on leaves, better homogenization in the tank mix, drift control, better spreadability, and more. Fulltech is changing the way you treat your crops. Get higher yields and more money in your bank account with Fulltech from Spraytech. Ask your local retail for Fulltech adjuvant or visit Spraytech.com for more details. In a world of Veltima fungicide. Hey, let's do it less dramatic. Just say Veltima fungicide. Okay, Veltima fungicide. No, that's literally the same. Veltima fungicide. Still doing it. Veltima fungicide does it. Seriously, we just need you to say Veltima fungicide. Swift, simple, and secure. Didn't I? Veltima fungicide from BASF in cornfields this summer. Always read and follow label directions. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio, talking late season weed control, and that means right now it is getting late. Our corn's getting bigger, soybeans are starting to bloom. We get a lot of things going on out there, and it's getting warmer, and the humidity's up. A lot of challenges to spraying right now, and that takes a lot of options off the table. So, what are some of the options that are on the table? Well, that's the topic for today's show. So we've got our friend Tom Wood with Belsham on right now to talk about at least one of those options. Maybe he'll even talk about an option that's coming down the road. Tom, how are you doing? Hello. How are you doing today? Good, good. I mean, we don't want, want to put you on too much of a spot here, Tom, but I, I kind of have a sure. feeling you know at least one product that guys could consider for late application, maybe more. It, sure. Um, you know, our number one product at Belsham, Tough, is, is very good for late season uh, has a broad window of application, so if you're getting late, you know you can add tough to your tank mix or put tough out, and the, it'll do the job, particularly on resistant weeds. One of the things I've been seeing from a lot of agronomists recently, Tom, is their fear of man. It is getting late, and we've got products that we've seen carry over, and whether it's HPPDs that we've seen some white crops the next year, especially through some of these drought years, or uh, or others, uh, or atrazine that it just is only labeled up to so far. Uh, tough is one that we've got a little more little more cushion uh, on, and no issues next year whatsoever. We do have a cushion. You know, you always hear me talk about, well, it's energized with HPPT. It's very good with atrazine, which is also good uh, late season. But, you know, it may be a two-edged sword, but tough has no residues. So if you're thinking of plant back or late season residues, you don't have to worry about that with tough as I won't impact those decisions down the road. Well, it's kind of nice, and a lot of folks talk about, well, hey, I'm going to put a cover crop on after harvest. No concerns there either. So you, you really do have all options on the table. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice product, particularly where we are this year. Um, actually, you know, this is our second year of our launch, and 
uh, our phone is ringing off the hook for tough late season this year. And it's um, getting a lot of traction. People are really liking it. It gives them a lot of flexibility in their program. So we're starting to see a lot of that picking up. You know, product selection is important, and picking the right thing is uh, is real critical here. But let's say that you pick tough, and you say, okay, Tom, how do I get the most out of it? Because getting awesome coverage, if that crop is getting bigger, can be a little tricky. Yeah, so, you know, of course we recommend, you know, 15, I think 15, 20 gallons per acre with tough. Coverage is important. I know that's a lot of, of water, but... It's important for tough to uh, go down, so we recommend it to go out at that level. And we also recommend it as a tank mix with an HPPD herbicide. But we're also seeing more and more people use it with products like Status. If you're concerned about volatility and you need to think about reducing rates of your of Status or other dicamba products, uh, tough adding it to uh, those mixtures works very well. Yeah, there are a lot of different tank mix options available, and, and getting that coverage, as Tom was saying here, is is a real big deal. When guys go to drop nozzles and these types of things to try to get under some of that uh, high-up canopy, canopy, I've already seen, I just saw some pictures from a grower in the south that just didn't get good crop canopy, and that's kind of one of our targets here for late season is trying to get that canopy. So if you've already got canopy but you did have some weeds get started, I would encourage you to use something to get down underneath that canopy as well. Yeah, and remember also, you know, when we're thinking about our programs, get a good pre, do a good um, post-program, and, uh, you know, and if you have big weeds in late season, you're going to be concerned about seed bank so particularly when you have resistant weeds tough is going to help you reduce that seed bank so you don't have to worry about that stuff down the road also because that's going to be that's going to be in your field for the next three to five years if you don't get it now it sure is, and uh, and yeah, having another mode of action to go after these weeds is is great too. Uh, again, talking with Tom Wood here with Belsham. Tom, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. All right, thank you very much. Appreciate it. You bet. Let's head down to North Carolina. Got Wesley Averman on right now with North Carolina State. Wesley, how you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? Well, pretty good. Pretty good. I know we've had some weather challenges this year. We've had uh, a lot of things happening out in fields. And of course, we've got weeds that have just grown through all of it. And and here we go. We're talking mid to late season weed control. And uh, are there some, some guidelines you have for growers when you get into this situation in North Carolina? Yeah, you know, a lot of it's going to come down to what weeds you have and what you expect your crop to be able to do going forward. Uh, a big thing right now for us is the dry weather on a lot of our sandy soils have a lot of our corn looking more like onions than a corn crop. And, you know, how much yield are you going to expect out of that crop if we don't get a rain in the next week or two? Like you're just, just we're talking about canopy. Are you going to get closure? What are you going to be able to do there? Um, we're, we're trying to encourage folks this year to look at what they have, what they expect to get, and then start making some decisions about, you know, best management for this year and, you know, keep weeds down, but not increase costs because throwing good money after bad is a, is a bad mixture for us. 
The other question we get is is the stress on the crop and just the recovery. Some of these options that we have are are pretty hard on the crop. They they put some burn on just like you say at a time where the crop doesn't need any more stress. How, how do you manage around that? Yeah, it, that's a great question. What we typically say and have said in the past is don't spray when the crops are under this drought stress, right? Because adding more stress to an already stressed plant can cause cascades and open the door for uh, disease or insects to kind of set in. You know, that crop isn't actively growing. It can't metabolize herbicides as well, put on new growth, and it can set you back. And so that's typically been, you know, what we talk about with some of these herbicides that can cause some injury, you know, often, you know, PPO inhibitors and soybeans come to mind, you know, do you want that bronzing on your top leaves, setting it back any, uh, and it's kind of a personal, personal choice, of course, but definitely an active growing plant is going to recover much sooner and you're not going to end up letting as many weeds come through, you know, when that plant can grow as it should. You know, when we think about late season weed control, I, I know I always look back on, on our own farm and think, okay, what did I do for a pre? Do I need to change that program up? What are you seeing in North Carolina? I know you guys have been fighting resistant weeds and, and some challenging growing conditions for a long time. Uh, how how are pre's working? And are there some things that you'd say, you know what, guys, we really need to change things up here to get more out of those pre's? Yeah, so for years, like you said, we've been using these pre's for, gosh, 15 years or so, trying to manage the palmer amaranth and some of our other resistant species. And I can't walk away from residuals very easily. They've done an excellent job for us. They've set us up well uh, to keep our populations low. A lot of fields that you would drive around and see 10 years ago that just had weeds coming out the top at this time of year look really clean and really nice. Even though our conditions aren't as good as they we would hope they would be, right? It's not ideal for a pre-activation this year with all this dry weather. We're not getting some activation even with those post-residuals. But our wheat seed bank has been beat back so effectively over these years, it still makes a, a good uh, situation for our crop, right? We're not having to try to manage those weeds as bad. One thing we've been talking about a little bit more at, at, as an addition, uh, not necessarily shifting away from these residuals, is looking at cover crops. They seem to be having a nice space for us as that uh, lead into our crop. And so maybe we can take a little pressure off of the group 15s, you know, our duals, warrants, harness, outlook, zidua. We're not putting as much pressure on them if we're using some of these cover crops up front. And that's our next big worry is seeing resistance show up in those, um, in, in that mode of action specifically. Yeah, let's not scare anybody here, Wesley. Those group 15s are a pretty big deal, and I, I agree with you. If we can take a little bit of pressure off those, that would be a really good thing for the industry. Talking with Wesley Iverman right now with North Carolina State University. Wesley, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Love to have you back again. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. 
At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. When I step on someone's farm, I feel like I've already walked a mile in their shoes. I spin spring on the tractor and fall on the combine. I see the excitement in my kids' eyes on our farm, but worry if there's enough of it for all of them. I make sure everything Case IH makes meets the challenges farmers face, because I face them too. My name is Ryan, I am a farmer, and I work at Case IH. Case IH, built by farmers. Come to the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event this summer. Here at Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support and encourage folks entering the ag industry. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event. Though this day is geared towards high school and college students as well as young farmers, anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy is more than welcome. Our hands-on sessions in the field will include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, the role of natural microbes in farming, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So whether you're a college student or just want some good agronomy information, this is one event you won't want to miss. It's the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships Day, Saturday, June 25th on the Hefty Farm near Baltic, South Dakota. Learn more and register at agphd.com. What's new from New Farm? Longbow EC Herbicide, the latest in our portfolio of versatile weed management tools, gives you another Carfentrazone option, taking aim at more than 60 broadleaf weed species. And did we mention economical? Longbow EC's low use rate makes it a flexible tank mix partner with most burned down non-selective herbicides. Ask your dealer for Longbow EC, available for fall. What does it really mean to provide the best crop nutrition? With AgroLiquid, it means getting a one-of-a-kind approach, one that caters to your specific agronomic needs. You're getting experts who will work with you to create a program unique to your operation, all while accounting for the quality of your soil and the products you're already using. It's not just a product, it's peace of mind knowing we've thought of everything. That's the AgroLiquid way. Apply less, expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Broadcasting from the Morton studio today, talking about late season weed control, but we're also taking your calls and agronomic questions. Your calls always come up first here. So if you call in, we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. Uh, and we'll head to those phone lines right now. we got Gordon on with us up in Michigan. How's it going, Gordon? Yeah, good afternoon, Darren. Um, I've got, I'll give you a little background here. I've got 15-inch row corn using concealed equipment. I put uh, about 85 pounds of nitrogen on in a 2 by 2 by 2 And now I'm pulling my pre nitrate test uh, in between the rows. Uh, corn is currently between 18 inches and knee high as far as, uh, you know, growth stage. 
Um, we, we've been quite dry. We've never had more than a, a half-inch rain event since planting. And uh, my, my question is, you know, when I pull those uh, cores, those 24-inch cores, I'm going to be between 7 and 8 inches away from the row. you think I'll be picking up any of that nitrogen that I applied with the planter? Yes, but some of that is probably used up already. And the, the whole thing is there's most likely at least some soil moisture. You might not pick up 100% of what's out there, so you might be a little on the low side. But personally, I always like tests that show that I'm a hair on the low side rather than misleading me to think that I'm a hair on the high side, if you know what I mean. And 85 pounds, yeah. it's not like you put on 285 pounds. It was only 85. And I mean, we all knew that was only going to carry us for a little ways. So I think you're you're doing the timing right. I think everything sounds good. Do you have, you're just pulling the test now or do you have the results back? Just pulling the test. I gotcha. did send them off, some off early this week. I might have the results tomorrow. On good. Good. Yep. Um, how far would that 85 pounds take it? Uh, Brian. <laughs> well, okay, so a couple of things. It'll take it quite a ways. If you look at the percent of nitrogen that gets used in that corn plant, it's only 25% up to, if I remember right, about V12, something like that. Right. And right. so yeah. it, it could potentially carry it a long ways. But the flip side of that is how much of that nitrogen will the plant recover? If it's in that 2 by 2 by 2 it's going to recover a greater percentage than if you had broadcast. But at right. some point here, and we're not that far away, your corn's going to take off. And all of a sudden, it's going to grow about five feet in a couple, three weeks. And you're going to go, wow, I got to have a lot of nutrients out there. And the other thing that you brought up right away was how dry it was. We run into that situation all the time, and we're in that situation right now. So we actually used a coulter machine to put all our side dress nitrogen on. We're just about done doing that, but we haven't had a decent rain in quite a while. So I'm glad we did it that way rather than dribbling it on the soil surface or even using Y drops or anything. We're just too dry right now. So I'm glad we got our nitrogen in the ground. I'm glad we got it on now. But yeah, the majority of the nitrogen that that plant needs is after V12. And so there's still time to get it on, but we got to be moving pretty quick now. Yeah, my my assumption was is you know since I haven't had any rain to move the nitrogen out of the root zone, um, that uh, you know it's pretty pretty much all there, and yep. I I would think eighty five pounds would take it to about shoulder high anyway. Yeah, theor theoretically it should, assuming you have no loss and assuming it all gets used up. Yeah, you're right. But you're the right. other side of that is we want to get that nitrogen in so it's there and available when that 85 does run right. out. And you always want to be a little early rather than late. Yeah, we we normally don't get this dry. I mean, it's, it's a little drier than normal. Uh, sure. I wouldn't be surprised in the next couple of weeks we'll get a rain. But uh, yep. I just didn't know if when I, like I say, when I pull those samples, Am I going to be grabbing some of the nitrogen I applied, or is it going to be all the nitrogen that was just naturally in the soil? You're, you're, you might get a little bit that was applied, but I wouldn't expect that you're going to get a lot. But again, I think our, our, right, our, right. it probably didn't move a whole lot if you haven't had much rain. But the other side of this yeah. is, you know, 18 inches to knee-high tall corn, you've already used up at least a, a decent portion of that. Yeah, yeah. And like you said, you want to err on the side of being conservative <laughs> rather than gambling that you know 
So, yep, yep. When we have the, the corn, markets haven't been too friendly this week. No, they? <laughs> they haven't. I'm hoping they come back. But even so, you know, a lot of times we all get disturbed because oh, the markets have gone down. But let's still keep in mind we have a good commodity price yet. So yeah, I'm still yeah, excited yeah. that it's going to turn out okay on the farm. Yeah. Hey, Gordon, thanks for the call today. Really appreciate it. Good luck yep. out there. Yep. Thanks for the time. You bet. Bye. Let's head up to Pennsylvania. Got Dwight Lingenfelter with us with Penn State University. Dwight, how you doing? I'm doing well, guys. Good to talk chat with you again. You bet. You bet. All right. Well, we'll give you the easy questions, Dwight. So I know you like coming on. How do you control weeds after everything's off label? The weeds are too big. The crop's too big to get through. I mean, these are the kind of calls that you get, right? I mean, what do you do when it gets late in the season? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, and and you're right. It you know you do these these various uh, meetings and field days and so forth. And yeah, we're getting, you know, beyond the growth stages and, and it is challenging, you know, as far as what to do. Um, I guess I, I don't have a real good answer, you know, obviously, you know, being at the university, we have to, you know, follow the guidelines. So it, it, it's a, it's a challenge as to what to recommend, um, you know, with these off-label applications. So I guess I, I don't really have a good, a good, uh, you know, good feel for where, what, what to tell people at, at, at these later stages. Yeah, it gets it gets tough, and and I don't mean to paint a terrible picture here because there are still some things you can do. It's not too late with everything. We start looking at pre-harvest intervals though, and these types of things, and I uh, say, okay, I got forty-five days pre-harvest for this, or sixty days pre-harvest for that. I still got time for that window, uh, but you know, we are pushing it. We are starting to to kick some options off the table. What do you see? I guess where's the crop at in Pennsylvania right now, and uh, if so, I guess, what do we have left on the table for options for, for weed escapes? Yeah. So as far as, uh, just traveling around the state, um, it, it, it's pretty variable, uh, you know, from a corn standpoint, uh, we're probably anywhere between, you know, V, V four stage all the way up to, I've seen corn that that's already, you know, up to V eight or taller in terms of, you know, probably in you know, chest high, um, soybeans. Um, I, I've, I've actually, is uh, in a field day here in Lancaster here recently, and we're they're already starting with the R1 stage of beans, but we also have some some full season beans that are just you know only at the V2 or V3. So it it it's it's all across the board. So um, yeah, so on those those ones that haven't hit the hit those those uh, those uh, late later stages, um, you know you, you you know depending on what we, what weed we're dealing with, you know we're, we have a lot of a lot of mare's tail escapes. Um, so in a situation like that, and in, in, in soybeans, um, most of our most of our you know, mares tail are, are glyphosate and ALS resistant. So that kind of limits us to uh, to hopefully the Liberty. If you have a Liberty Link system there, that'd be an option. Um, if you're doing an extend flex system, you know, obviously dicamba. But we're approaching the deadline for the June 30th deadline on that as well. Um, and then you know corn, we you know we get all kind of questions with things like pokeweed and burr cucumber and, and, uh, you know, ragweed escapes. So, so it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, there's, there's a few options, but, uh, it, 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 it's the window starting to close. You know, you mentioned a couple of weeds there that, that really like to pop up late. It seems like our crop canopy doesn't completely seal them off. Uh, are, are there some good ways around that? I mean, have you seen anything like cover crops choking things out, just having a thick mat out there on the ground or uh, reduced tillage or more tillage or, or a different pre that maybe lasted a little bit longer? Yeah. And some of our research here at Penn State, you know, we have found that uh, 
with these thicker cover crops, you know, if you're using something like a cereal rye and get get a you know enough enough growth on it in the, in the early season, and then and then uh, terminate that and roll it down. Um, yeah, that definitely is really helping us with with you know, our, our mare's tail populations, um, and also you know things like Palmer water hemp. Um, but but you know it's one of those things where it it's, it it just still allows fewer and smaller weeds. So that definitely helps us you know w- when we do apply the herbicide. So that that's one of the the management techniques that we do really recommend. Um, and then of course the you know using these 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 definitely a two path system. Um, with these overlapping residuals in the, in the foliar application, post-application, really definitely improve things, you know, for Palmer and, and oh, water no, as well. No doubt about it. Yeah, we just need to take multiple swipes at each of these weeds. And if we do everything we can, uh, we can certainly at least get way ahead of these problems and not have a complete disaster out there. Talking with Dwight Lingenfelter here at Penn State. Dwight, thank you so much. Really appreciate having you on today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. Talk more about late season weed control and take your calls and questions right after this. Maximum application flexibility. Maximum yields at harvest, whether or not. Relentless is the kind of control you'll always get with Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Low use rate Anthem Max Herbicide protects corn and soybean crops from the toughest broadleaf weeds and grasses, including water hemp, palmer pigweed, foxtails, crabgrass, and more. Dual modes of action and lasting overlapping residuals also help you minimize resistance in your fields. Its easy to tank mix formulation and wide application window make Anthem Max Herbicide the crop protection choice that's ready when you are. Rain or shine. Weather or not, relentless, that's Anthem Max Herbicide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow all label directions. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's ZealPro Miticide from Valent USA. With next level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now... 
you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio. And our topic has been later season weed control. And there are still some good options out there. There's also another crop to get prepared for, whether it's a fall crop or a cover crop coming up or uh, next spring's crop with a fall treatment. There are lots of things to think about when we talk about weed control later in the season. And of course, you got potentially desiccation and pre-harvest burndowns, those types of things. So lots of options out there, but unfortunately we're getting some big weeds in some of these fields. So when we've got easy, easy questions like that, we, we like to bring on some guests to have some fun with too. Uh, we got Chad Smith with us right now with Valence. So Chad, uh, I, I know we got these big weeds out there and I'm sure you're going to tell us, hey, two to four inch weeds, Darren, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that's usually the goal, and, and some people have a, a very liberal definition of what four inches of weed oh. uh, really looks like. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> Brian teases me because sometimes I'll say, oh, the weeds are about four inches, and I'll hold my hands about 12 to 18 inches apart. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's kind of it's like being a fisherman. There's always a little exaggeration, I think, that goes on. But, uh, but yeah, um, you, know, you know, the best... You know, it's said many times that the best thing you could do is, is really get a head start on it and get some overlapping residuals on it. And that way you never really face that. And, and kind of the best, to me, the best late season weed control is a girl, good, you know, early mid post application of a residual, you know. And so, which we have, uh, uh, Valent has, um, we have Perpetuo and we have Resource. Uh, Perpetuo's got, uh, got Slim Colorac. It's got the, the resource portion of it and it's also got some, uh, peroxid sulfone, so it gives you that overlapping residual, um, overlapping residual con- controls. So um, that's that's always a good option. Um, but but you know, once you get so late in in some of those weeds, and you're late in the season, and they're sticking through the canopy, it's it's really not a whole lot you can do about those. It's just um, it's it's just it's it's tough to say to see those late season weed escapes really get out of control, but outside of hand weeding, it becomes really difficult. Um, just got to catch them when they're early. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. And, and it's, at some point too, it's man, if I can just burn them back a little ways and uh, try to keep them from competing against my crop so much, or, or maybe even stop it from going to seed, that might be the best you can hope for. So being realistic about your expectations is certainly one thing to consider. You know, one of the things too, that we talk about Chad is with a lot of the pre-emerge programs, uh, having good expectations about those too. They're only going to last so long. And some of those pre's have been out there for an awful long, time by right now if you haven't got great crop canopy it's tough for them to hold you really do need to plan on using multiple applications throughout the year yeah i i 100 agree with that um there's there's a lot to be said for for pre's but they are not the be all end all um for for your weed control and um just getting out there and making multiple applications um, whether it's falling up with like Cobra, Cobra Phoenix or something like that to really um, knock back some of those real small uh, pigweeds. And again, catching them under four inches, that's, that's going to be the key. But, you know, just burning them back and burning them off and killing them right when they're small, you can get a, um, um, you can get a pretty good clean field 
later on in the season because once your canopy makes, you don't have to worry about it uh, quite as much. They mentioned uh, Perpetuo, and I think about the product resource. I think it's one that's underutilized in our industry because it can be used in multiple crops, and, and it can take down big weeds depending on what types of weeds you have. Like I know it's a go-to velvet leaf solution for guys in our geography that, man, even big velvet leaf, it does a great job taking them down. Yeah, we've got uh, we got some of the tallest uh, labeled control for velvet leaf, I think, of any compound out there. And so resource is great at taking out really large velvet leaf, even up to 12 inches, stuff that, that might have gotten out of hand and, and broke through some of that those pre-applications. Resource is a great option to take that out. Um, I like to see it not only just as an um, add-in for velvet leaf, but also I like to see it help out um, Liberty a little bit with lambs quarters, things like that. Um, really just four ounces of resource, you know, added into some of those mid post applications can really do wonders for uh, improving the, the speed and control of, of those mid post weeds. Yeah. The other thing, Chad is, is just getting all those right additives and the right spray nozzles. And there's, there's just a number of steps there because the chemistry is pretty predictable. We, we know what it's going to do. And if you've got realistic expectations going into to using those products, that's one thing, but then getting out there with favorable weather, uh, having a crop and a, and weeds that are receptive to taking that herbicide in and then using the right adjuvants. And this is something that I see sometimes guys get a little nervous about that because it might put a little speckling on or maybe even a little burn to, to use that oil or, or use the things that we need to use. But uh, how big a deal is that? I, I mean, I know there's a little bit of fudge room on rates and product choices and those kinds of things, but uh, what's your experience been around that? Yeah, adjuvants are something that's probably overlooked, and it's probably one of the most important things you can really do for a weed control program is know the proper adjuvant to use with the proper um, herbicide that you're using at the time. Uh, take Cobra, for example. Cobra has a, uh, a label on it that actually changes the adjuvant recommendation based off of humidity. And so once you get into drier um, um, conditions where you might have a, some droughty areas, you, you want to switch to a, a crop oil concentrate away from the NIS because you can help improve your weed control just by shifting um, in, in those uh, from more humid to dry conditions. Yeah, there, there are just so many things going on, and I, I, I agree. When you have those conditions that are changing, a lot of times we'll, we'll talk with farmers who call into our show and, and other farmers that we, we just happen to run into uh, throughout the year that it's probably a good idea to have a few choices on hand for surfactants because as that weather changes, it might impact the choice of what you use to help your herbicide work the best. We're talking with Chad Smith with Valent right now about that and about late-season weed control. Uh, Chad, thank you so much. We really appreciate having you on. Hey, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. The weeds just don't stop, and I know we make multiple applications, Brian, but sometimes they just get through for whatever reason. Maybe it's even just a small part of the field, or uh, a lot of times we see an issue where uh, there's part of the field that, that got hail or part of the field that had poor drainage or, or part of the field that the wind just beat up or or something and all of a sudden weeds come through there and they get to be a challenge. So we just encourage everyone to, to stay after it, stay vigilant about getting the weeds under control as best they can, try and keep that seed bank down for the future and remember what those areas are. If you have a problem area out in the field, it's going to take a little extra work, uh, not just this fall, but but next year too. 
The other thing I would say is not only do we have great commodity prices and a lot of incentive to get more bushels this year, but let's keep in mind, if you let some weeds go to seed, and sometimes that's just the best way to go because you don't want to damage that crop, but if you can keep weeds from going to seed, it really makes so much difference. I'll just tell you a quick story on our own farm, and this goes back almost 30 years ago when we were working on, we were doing some work with Accent. So this was in conventional corn, Accent herbicide, and there were a lot of people that at the time liked to go with no pre and they just try Accent post. Well, we said, you know what, let's just compare the two. And so we split a field and we did this post thing. And of course, it didn't work like it usually didn't, where there was still some grass left is what I mean. It, Yeah, it killed some grass, but it didn't kill all the grass. And then there was another flush because Accent has no residual. Well, anyway, we said, you know... There's not much grass out there. Let's just let's just let it go and see what happens. I mean, it didn't it didn't impact the yield for that year, but it did impact things for five years in a row. We had more weed issues. We did the exact same pre-program on both sides of the field. Five years in a row, we had more weeds on the one side, and several times we had to go out and what we called respray. Well, that's where too. I, I just learned as a young agronomist. A lot of people complain about the pre-emerge herbicide and say, oh, the pre didn't work. I'm like, did it? Did it not work? Because I, I just can tell you from my own experience on our farm, the, the pre probably worked 95%. It's just when you have 10 times as many weeds out there, 95% <laughs> control looks a lot different in a weedy field versus a clean field. So I, I just learned from that experience, if at all possible, I don't want weeds to go to seed because then I end up spending more money in the long run. And if you have weeds out in your field, it usually hurts your yield. Now, if weeds come late, that doesn't hurt your yield that year. But when you have that weed seed bank and you have lots of weeds starting right away the next spring, it can definitely hurt that year's yield. All right, we're going to get back to the Ag PhD mailbag coming up right after this. There's a new kind of crop protection in your territory, and it's always on the hunt. Howler fungicide unleashes the power of the plant's microbiome and multiple modes of action to deliver extended, broad-spectrum protection against soil-borne and foliar diseases. With all the advantages of no residue, zero PHI, minimal REI, and take mix flexibility. Get the fiercest, most effective protection available with Howler fungicide, a product of AgBiome. Learn more at agbiome.com howler. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit farmshopmfg.com for more. Come to the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event this summer. Here at Ag PhD, we're always looking for ways to support and encourage folks entering the ag industry. That's why we're devoting a full day, Saturday, June 25th, to the free Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships event. Though this day is geared towards high school and college students as well as young farmers, anyone with a desire to learn more about agronomy is more than welcome. Our hands-on sessions in the field will include a comprehensive guide to scouting, ways to improve soil and crop health, the role of natural microbes in farming, and how to best collect and manage on-farm data. 
Plus, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in scholarships to eligible attendees. So whether you're a college student or just want some good agronomy information, this is one event you won't want to miss. It's the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships Day, Saturday, June 25th on the Hefty Farm near Baltic, South Dakota. Learn more and register at agphd.com. Boost your productivity and profitability with Soil Warrior from environmental tillage systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and your yield potential in just one strip-till pass. Now that's ROI. Contact us today at SoilWarrior.com. The Pentair Hypro Express Flush Valve reduces plug nozzles and improves cleanout of your spray boom. Simply flush boom sections with a quarter-turn ball valve and leave your tools in the cab. Plus, insulation is easy. Simply remove the existing end cap plug and replace with the Hypro Express Flush Valve. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zealpro Miticide from Valent USA. With next-level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're going to dive back into the Ag PhD mailbag. And this one is pretty timely, Brian. This one comes from Hayden down in Iowa. Hayden says, I'm just wondering if you have more information about the scouting and scholarships event coming up on Saturday. I'm wondering if I need information on parking and schedule, uh, any expectations, any of those kinds of things that you would like to share. All right. So as the name implies, scouting, we're going to be out in the field a fair amount, so dress appropriately for the weather. We do have rain ponchos in case it's lightly raining. They're talking a slight chance of rain that morning, but otherwise it's supposed to be cool, 65 degrees with a little breeze, so you might want to bring a jacket. But anyway, I just suggest go to agphd.com and you can learn more about this event. And for anybody listening today, I, I would, number one, encourage you to attend. And number two, really... I would encourage anyone who's going to a post-secondary school, that means college, Votech, trade school, anything, this fall, uh, this is really what it's designed for because we are giving away over 70 scholarships that day. They will be awarded that day, and you have to you have to pre-register. You have to show up and attend the whole day. You have to take a little quiz at the end. It's short, but anyway, and then we'll uh, have those scholarship awards at the end of the day. It's 930 all the way till 3 p.m. We'll be recording our radio show 2 to 3 that afternoon, and then we're all done. But it's going to be a lot of fun. We had a, a big crowd last year. It looks like we're going to have an even bigger crowd this year, but we'll split up into some smaller groups when we're outside, so you get lots of interaction and everything, lots of hands-on stuff. So, no, it's going to be a great event, scouting and scholarships It's what it's called. Just go to agphd.com to learn more. Okay, a couple of side dress things here, Brian. This one comes from Darren down in Iowa, and he had a question earlier this week. He said, hey, thanks for answering my question. You guys also suggested I look at sulfur, and I should have mentioned I put on eight pounds uh, of ammonium thiosulfate with the planter 
and uh, 24 Wait, pound, or eight eight pounds, pounds of sulfur, sulfur Got it. with ammonium thiosulfate. And then I also put down 24 pounds of sulfur oh. with my strip till. Oh, okay. Uh, so and, he's probably pretty good. Yeah, and we were adding a little more as well. He goes, I'm, he goes, I'm expecting 20 around and 50 long on these ears. Well, that'd be awesome, Darren. If you can <laughs> knock that out, that would be fantastic. And then uh, get some high test weight too. And that's one of the things we've seen as you start feeding all the nutrients that the crop needs, not just nitrogen, but you feed all the micros right. and sulfur Copper, and everything boron, else. manganese, iron, then zinc, you're absolutely right. That 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 test weight can can be awesome. You can fill the kernels or the ears out to the end. Uh, those those are all great. Part things. of the reason why we suggested the sulfur too is sulfur, or at least sulfate, is leachable to about half the degree of nitrate. So if you've been getting some decent rains. The sulfur you have there, I mean, most of it's probably still there, but you could have lost some. And we do know that nitrogen efficiency in the plant is much better if you have really good levels of sulfur. So there are a lot of people that are putting on even more than the 32 pounds you've applied, but 32 is probably going to be okay based on your soil. But I just say it's definitely not too much. All right. Well, thank you for, for that question. Oh, I should have one more scouting and scholarships question. This one comes in from Bethany. She said, I, I've got a PhD and I'm now a postdoctoral researcher at the University of California in Berkeley. I'm attending your scouting and scholarships day coming up on Saturday. I'm just curious, who is going to be there besides Brian and Darren for experts? Will Brian and Darren have time to chat with me off to the side? Yeah. Will there be some other people there that I should be talking to as well? Yeah, so like outside, for example, we're going to have six different stations. Glenn Hers, our research lead at Ag PhD, for example, is leading one. I mean, we've got several experts who will be outside and people who are super knowledgeable agronomists. So it's going to be fantastic. And yes, we'll have some time to talk, but so will all these other people as well. Hey, thanks, Bethany. Really look forward to meeting you. I uh, got this one in from JB over uh, near Olivia, Minnesota. Jeff says, I heard Brian was in our neighborhood. And uh, I know you guys have been looking at my nitrate, pre-side dress nitrate tests, and it encouraged me to go deeper. So I did 18-inch samples. I've got an average of 148 pounds of N in my 18-inch samples. But every one of my plant tissue tests has come back as deficient. Now, I'm assuming that's due to not having more than a half inch of rain in the last six weeks. That's probably part of it. So but the other thing is the root system at this point when the corn is small, the root system isn't huge. We were talking about this earlier in the show. It depends on where that nitrogen is at exactly. If the plant can only get a little bit of that because the roots aren't big, then... 148 is nice to talk about, but it doesn't do us a lot of good today. So eventually, when the root system get, gets huge, it maximize, it's maximized at about tasseling time, by the way. That's the biggest the root system will ever be, roughly. So at that point, hopefully you're extracting more of that 148. But this is also why we usually talk about, hey, we'd rather be on the early side than on the late side with the nitrogen application because we've got a small plant. It just, as I was talking about this, it just reminded me, I, I coached a lot of baseball and softball and stuff in my life. And I, I just think about the little kids that are trying to throw strikes. So when you get to baseball and they're nine years old, let's say, and they're trying to throw a strike. Well, think about it. If they were throwing to a major league hitter, okay, it's a big person. Uh, that's one thing. And yeah, they'd crush the ball. But 
Think about the size of the strike zone with the major league person compared to another nine-year-old kid. Okay, so it's one thing for, oh, this nine-year-old kid, he can pitch very well, he or she or whatever. But if they're going to a tiny little strike zone, it doesn't work that well. And it's the same kind of thing here. You've got a fair amount of nitrogen already. I mean, granted, you need more than 148, I assume, for your yield goal. But... If you have tiny little roots, they're just not picking up enough of it when they need it, and it's and the, the, the matter is even worse because your soil is dry, and then the nitrogen isn't moving around well to get to those roots. All right, other thing that he had, he said we've got heavy CECs, 25 to 40, organic yep. matter, 5 to 6%. Which uh, goes along with why stuff isn't moving super fast in the soil. And considering that high organic matter level, if we get some rain... Is 150 pounds of N out there enough for a 220 bushel yield goal? Well, theoretic. Tell me again the organic matter percentage. Five to six. Okay, so you're talking 100 to 120 pounds on the low side. So, I mean, you're close. So, what did you say his yield goal was again? 220. Sorry. Okay, so 220. So, let's, here, so, let's look at this this way too, Jeff. Uh, if you've got uh, high pH soil, I would say don't run short of N. I, I would... I would go for it. I'd push it a little bit more. If you said because use efficiency isn't as good in high pH soil, it's also not as good when you have lots of magnesium. Yeah, yeah. So that, okay. that'd be a concern of mine. So 220 bushel corn needs 246 total pounds. All right. So 246, and let's say that roughly I'm gonna I'm gonna go 36 pounds is already used. Okay, it's probably a little low, but let's say you need 210, and you're already at 148, and you figure I'm gonna get at least 100 more. Okay, so theoretically, that means you're at 248, and whoa, that's definitely enough for the 210 that you still need. But again, um, it's it's a lot of timing. So the organic matter breaks down based on heat. We had a cool spring, so there's almost none of the nitrogen that's going to come out of that organic matter has come out yet. So what I'm saying here is a month from now, you're in great shape, but the problem is you got to get yourself to a month from now or even two weeks from now when your plant roots are bigger and they can pick up more of the nitrogen that's in the soil. So if it's me and I see all my tissue tests are showing low, I'm at least going to get some nitrogen out right now. Probably not a lot, but a little bit to get my crop by, hopefully in the short term. So if if that was my farm, I'd put some on with the coulter, maybe just 10 gallons at 28% or something. And I'd say, okay, hopefully it's going to take me until I get that good rain in an, in another week or two. Right, thanks for the question. Get this one from Lex. Uh, wondering, you guys talk about naturals a lot. Have you looked into any products that are compost extracts that uh, are supposed to release nutrients from compost faster than just compost alone? Just curious what you guys look at when you're trying out something new. Uh, yeah, Lex, we, we have been looking at, at products that do those types of things too. And Something with there, compost? Yeah, and there are oh, some okay. that are that are out on the market right now. <laughs> so sometimes Darren, Darren's in with the research guys more than I am. I, I I'm not familiar with that, but yeah, that sounds yeah, we're, interesting. We're looking at that too, and we are seeing some things that work. I would say a couple things with the naturals, though. Don't overspend. If the product's 25 bucks an acre or something like that, eh, I don't know about that. Uh, but if something's like- Or just try it on a few acres. Yeah, if something's like five bucks an acre, uh, it's a lot easier to get started using something. And uh, so yeah, just start on a small amount of acres anyway, regardless. Or if you're working on compost, hey, let's just have one little pile over here or something that we do something different on that we can- keep track of it, keep it separate from everything. And that way we know for sure if it worked or if it didn't. 
Hey, thanks for the question. We really appreciate that. Uh, one last re- reminder here, and I know we took a couple of questions on this, but our Scouting and Scholarships Clinic is coming up on Saturday, June 25th. That's just in a couple of days here. You can find all the details and you can pre-register at agphd.com. Thanks for listening to our show today. We had fun talking about some of the late season weed control considerations. If you've got more questions on that, uh, you can send them to us, radio at agphd.com. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.